This next part in our service is when we have our scripture reading. So I invite you to go ahead and find your seats, but remain standing once you get there. The scripture will be behind me on the screen. Um, and this morning we are reading from Ephesians 6, chap- I mean, <laughs> chapter 6, verses 18 through 24. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, my name is Austin. I'm a pastoral intern here, if I haven't met you. I say that every time I say something because there's new faces every week, literally. And I don't, also don't talk every week, but whenever I get to um, stand up here and speak, I like to introduce myself because I do want to meet you. So if I haven't yet, please, let's uh, get to know each other after. Um, y'all might be here until noon because I'm seeing a lot of brand new faces, but that's all good. Um, we're talking about prayer today, um, but first I kind of wanted to just think about this idea right now of um, people who perfect their craft, right? People who perfect their craft specifically within athletics. So I'm thinking about, right, I'm a basketball guy, played a little bit of football, a little bit of ping pong, a little bit of foosball in college, you know, but I'm a basketball guy. And so, you know, playing basketball, basketball is an impressive sport for the people who are really good at it, right? There's a lot of things that are impressive about a really good basketball player, but they're only impressive to the people who understand basketball and know it, right? You go to a, if I go to a game, uh, a basketball game with somebody and they have never been to a basketball game and the only thing they know is the score increasing, it's like, let's say somebody gets the dunks between the legs, right? That's so athletic and I can't do it. You know, I'm like, somebody does that. I'm sitting there like, whoa. And I watch that. I'm like, did you just see that? They're like, yeah, he just put two points on the board. I'm like, you know, it's like, well, it's definitely not less than that, but it's so much more than that at the same time, right? I think about good barbecue, right? I like to grill sometimes, you know, and, um, so my, my uncle, right, he got a recipe for the ribs, you know, and, you know, he, he wraps, it, wraps it in foil after he seasons it, throws some barbecue, maybe some mustard on it, you know, make the coals kind of flat, you know, and you like, you, you, you throw, the, throw the ribs on there, flip them a couple times and check it here and there, and then you pull them off and you got some fall off the bone ribs, right? Well, I'm like, well, it's, it's definitely not less than that, but... It's a lot more than that at the same time. My ribs don't fall off the bone. And, he, you know, I, I walked through it with them a couple of different times. And in the same way, though, I think that we can kind of view prayer. That can be true of prayer in some ways. It's kind of like we can view prayer as like our time to ask God for the things that we need, which isn't bad. Right. We think God help me. Right. When we were in school, God, I need an A on this test. Right. You know, or, or God, hey, this I, I pray for this raise. At work, God help my team win the World Cup this year. What's going on? You know we're struggling, and I think that when we when we look at prayer like that, prayer is definitely not less 
than that. But prayer is so much more than that in this, at the same time. And so I kind of want to look at what Paul is saying in Ephesians 6 and just kind of start with the context. Um, this is on the back end. This section is the full armor of God. And um, Paul kind of goes in earlier. So we started, my section is from verse 18 to 24, and we're going to talk about it. But earlier on, Paul kind of acknowledges what he's saying, what's going on, his context, what he says to pray about. And in verse 11, um, Paul, Paul says this, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, right? So Paul is acknowledging, hey, the devil is out here scheming. He's scheming, right? I don't know if you see it. I see it. Devil's scheming. Then verse 12, he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and or against the rulers, against the authorities and the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces in the evil realm. So he says our, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood primarily. There is an underlying tone of spiritual darkness, Satan going on in God, God's kingdom and Satan want to advance his kingdom at the same time in the things that we see. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And I'll be the first one to say that I look at my life, like day in and out, I look at my life and it doesn't seem like war, right? Because Paul is like, hey, there's a war going on. I'm like, I wake up in the morning and, you know, I, I, I say, you know, good morning to my wife. I brush my teeth, you know, brush my teeth. I, I eat breakfast. I, I go uh, have some meetings. I, I read the word, you know, I go have some meetings and then I come back home. I eat dinner, you know, I get back in bed, give my wife a kiss, say goodnight, you know, and go to sleep. I'm like, there's nothing about that that it says war, you know. That's, that's, that's not war or how I would picture it, you know. I've been in, but I've been in war before, right? I remember Fourth of July when I was growing up, it, it went down every year. Kids in my neighborhood, fireworks, war outside all the time. If you're not careful, you're losing an eyeball. That's just how it was, right? We, we out here throwing firecrackers. It, it is serious. And we shooting bottle rockets at people. And I'm like, when I'm, when I'm out there, you know, the only thing going through my mind out in that environment is stay safe. Hold on now. Keep your eyes peeled, right? I'm alert. I'm out here. I'm plotting. Okay, if they go around this way, I'm going to go around back so he can't see me. You know, I'm only thing I'm thinking about as I'm out in the neighborhood with these firecrackers and this war going on is the war. The only thing I'm thinking about is not getting hurt. The only thing I'm thinking about is making progress against my friends, the enemy. And so I think in the, in the, in the same way, um, life, God, what Paul is saying that there is an underlying war going on. And if we're not careful, we will just walk through life being oblivious to it. We won't even see it. And so... Um, I want to look at ways that we can pray. So we're talking about prayer. How do we pray in light of this war that is going on, that's been here and that is continuing um, in our time? So we're going to look at three different points. Um, one, pray all of Scripture. Um, two, pray on all occasions. And then the last point is pray, um, pray for the gospel to spread to all people. And so... Um, we're going we're gonna to dive into those. Let me pray for us real quick, and then we'll, we'll jump straight in it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that you would, um, God, illuminate your word, open up our eyes to see uh, what you're saying in Ephesians 6. Father, I pray that we would um, begin to pray, God, with minds that are alert for what's going on out here, God, and we'd be aware of, of Satan and his schemes, God, and we'd also be aware of how you um, win, and so, God, how we can win. In you guys, your name we pray. 
Amen. So pray all of Scripture. The first point is to pray all of Scripture. I think one, um, one way we can pray all of Scripture pretty basic, basically is just to, to know Scripture. I think that um, I like to read the Word in the mornings, um, but I, pri- primarily because I just need to learn more about God. It's kind of like what I know about God will be my stronghold in life. You know, So I say, one, we just want to know the Word. I think um, in verses and in verses 17 and 18, um, coming off or 17 into 18, which 18 says, and pray in the spirit, but 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions. And so different commentaries were just saying that those two in the Greek are not two separate sentences. And so 17 and 18, he says, take the helmet of salvation and the word of sword of the spirit which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. And so in the Greek, they say that's not too separate. That is a, that's an idea. That is a thought that goes together. It's in the word, pray in the word, the sword of the spirit on all occasions. He says, pray in the word. And so our lives, our prayer lives really should be saturated in the scriptures. I think about why that's challenging. I mean, honestly, it's like, do I wake up every morning? I'll be the first one to say, I don't wake up every morning excited to read the word. I just don't. You know, I'm just not built like that. Maybe y'all are built different, and that's cool. I need to talk to y'all how y'all got the juice like that. I need some of it. For me, it's just not natural like that. I just don't wake up every morning, and I'm like, hey, I just, I'm so excited to get in there. Some mornings I am, don't get me wrong, but most mornings I'm not just waking up and enthusiastic about reading my Bible. I'm not waking up enthusiastic about praying. So there's, I understand there's challenges about us getting our life into the word and praying the word, because it's very easy for us to kind of just go along and just pray as our day goes. Oh, God, thank you for this morning, you know, and just keep it moving. It's very easy to do that. We have to be intentional about praying scripture. Um, I was reading John Piper and he actually made a list. So I just thought it would be a, a good idea to just kind of look at some of the things that God says to pray for in scripture. Um, and so this was John Piper's list. This is not my list. But um, what does God pray for? What does God say to pray for in scripture? Um God to exalt his name in the world, Matthew 6. To lift praises to God. We say that all over in the Psalms. We, we pray to praise God. We pray to God for him to extend his kingdom into the world. We pray for the gospel to speed ahead and be honored, 2 Thess 3, 2 Thessalonians. We pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 3. We talked about that not too long ago. We pray to God to save unbelievers, to save people who don't know him. We pray to God for boldness and proclamation. We pray that God will raise up laborers or harvest workers, Matthew 9. We pray for God to supply his troops with necessities, Matthew 6, 11. We pray to God for wisdom and discernment, James 1, 5. We pray to God for unity and encouragement of togetherness, 1 Thess 3. We pray to God for a knowledge of his will, Colossians 1.9. We pray to God for, him, for us, for him to allow us to comprehend the love of Christ, Ephesians 3. How deep, how wide, how far is your love? We pray and ask God to help us comprehend that. We pray to God to help us do good works. We pray for grace so that we can do good works, Colossians 1. And then we pray to God for protection from the evil one, Matthew 6, 13. Those are just a few, I mean, a real small list, but benefits of praying from scripture, things that scripture says to pray for. And I think a couple, a couple benefits from that 
is when I pray what God's word says, I can beg him with confidence. It's like God gives us his word. And so when I'm saying, God, here's what you said in Isaiah 55. Your word will not return void. God, I pray that you would do exactly this. God, you say your heart breaks for the people who don't know you. God, you want the weary to come to you. I pray that you would do exactly this. There is this confidence that we can come to God with when we're, when we're praying scripture. But then also I think a benefit from it is when God, align, God aligns my heart with his desires as I'm praying scripture. So as I look into the word, I begin to see what God is, cares about, what God loves. And so then that changes my everyday prayers. And then now I'm starting to think more like God because I'm, I'm seeing what he sees. Kind of the wall of obliviousness to the war would go down because God kind of acknowledges it all over the place in the Bible. So I think that our eyes will begin to see what God sees as we, as we pray scripture as well. Our heart will begin to bleed like God's hearts bleed as we begin to pray the scriptures as well. I would encourage us to pray scripture um, while we're by ourselves, but also in our community groups. I mean, also with people over meals. I mean, Paul is writing to Ephesus, a community of believers, and he's telling them, hey, you like pray together, right? Pray um, and pray the scriptures. And so pray the scriptures, pray all of scripture. The second point is we want to pray on all occasions. We want to pray on all occasions. Going back to the fireworks thing, I think about when, when I'm in the war, when I was in, in that time with them, um, and, you know, I'm running around, and let's say I had a commander in the sky, right? Let's say it was my uncle, whatever, I don't know. Let's say somebody, he got a bird's eye view, not my uncle, that's all I want to do. But we got a bird's eye view, we got a help, somebody's a helper, a commander in the sky, and he has a bird's eye on how all of my enemy, how my, all my enemies are moving. He, he, he knows their tactics, their strategies. You know, he's telling me how I can win against them. All I have to do is, 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 is holler at him. Hey, um, what's going on? I need some help out here in this war, right? All I have to do is ask him, and then he's going to tell me. He's not going to tell me unless I ask, right? And so that's kind of how it is with God in a lot of ways. Um, but then, right, if I'm in the war, it would only make sense that the things that I'm asking my commander are things that are relevant to the war. If I'm, at, if I'm calling to him and I'm asking, hey, you know, firecrackers is bursting everywhere, you know, I'm just not going to pay attention to that. Can we have chicken Alfredo for dinner tonight? You know, when I go in the house, when it's all said and done, I would love some chicken Alfredo. You know, and, 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 and you know, I just really, my back's been hurting when I go to sleep. I pray for a Tempur-Pedic, you know, for, for my sleep. You know, as I'm out there in the war zone, that prayer just doesn't really make sense, you know. And I think we can do that with God sometimes is people sometimes struggle to pray because they're not really doing anything in faith. Their life doesn't really have any kind of risk to it. People aren't serving regularly. People aren't giving generously. People aren't sharing their faith. People aren't um, listening to people who are struggling. If, if, if our whole life 
is comfortable, if our whole life is easy, then we're not going to have or really see much need for prayer. If my life is easy and comfortable, it's not prayer is it's not really an essential. Um, and that's why, I mean, you see in Jesus in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the other peacemakers, the merciful, blessed are the hungry and thirsty, blessed are the meek, because they are the ones in need, right? They're the ones who are like, God, I need you. I'm trying to walk with you out here. And, 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 and Satan and his schemes are, are, are trying to get to me. There's things that are trying to get to me. God, I need you. I'm weak. I know that I can't do this on my own. God, I want to live a life of faith. I want to be bold for you, God, but it's, it's hard for me to do that on my own. Not many people are doing that. God, I, I, I need you. And, that's, and they, so they're in a place to be met by God. But in the comforts of, of our life, you know, God obviously cares about our whole life, but, but God wants us to be in a place of, of, of desperation for him, be in a spot where I need you. Like if I'm not on the front lines of the war, then it wouldn't make sense for me to ask for things that would help me in the war. Only makes sense for me to ask for things that would help my comfort. John Piper would say, John Piper um, would say that prayer is like a wartime walkie-talkie. He said, he goes, or he, he goes on to say, when we try to turn it into a civilian intercom to increase our conveniences, it stops working and our faith begins to falter. Piper says, prayer is designed to extend the kingdom into fruitless enemy territory. Prayer is designed to extend the kingdom into fruitless enemy territory. And so, some examples, right? Okay, we're talking about war. We have this picture. But what are some examples of how spiritual warfare plays out in our life? What does it look like? And, and how can we pray? Because this point is pray on all occasions. And so how can we pray in light of that? So here's some examples. Temptation to sin. Temptation to sin, big one, right? Temptation to sin. <clears throat> and you're not thinking, well, we hear temptation to sin, we might think of like the major Sins, oh, you know, I mean, you know, lust is probably one of the quickest ones that pops in the head. Lust, you know, um, uh, greed, thank you, thank you, greed. Um, I think about, so it, it can be as massive as what, how the, the, the major ones we're thinking of, and it can be also as something as small as not wanting to be patient, you know, exploding and being upset about about something. I think that temptation to sin, and what does it look like to pray for that in that time? Because me not wanting to be patient, that, that, that's my flesh. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not from God. And so what, what, what does that look like? It's like, God, hey, in this time right now, I really don't feel like being patient. God, I need you to help me. God, help me to love this person right now. Right? That's, what is, that's a wartime walkie-talkie, right? Or if it is lust and I'm walking around, God, I'm on the beach and all these girls are, aren't wearing anything. I pray, God, that you would guard my eyes and I would just be laser focused out of here. That's a wartime prayer. It can be anything. I think that is temptation to sin. Also, so that's, that's one of them. Defending the gospel um, or, or a church to an unbeliever. Somebody doesn't understand and somebody just has, you know, thoughts and they're just in direct opposition. You know, it's like, as I'm having this conversation, God, I pray that you would open up their eyes to how much you love them. While I'm having the conversation, God, I hope 
I pray that you would just reveal to them that I really care about them and that Jesus isn't here to just condemn everybody. That's a wartime prayer. Not wanting to read the Bible and pray in the morning. I was talking about this earlier, but not wanting to do that, that, that is only from my flesh. That is only from my sinful nature. The spirit in me can't wait to sit in the scriptures and can't wait to commune with God in prayer. But my flesh and the sinful nature, and Satan loves that. Oh, yeah, you don't want to read this morning? Don't read. You ain't got to read. You, you, you be cool. Your day, you can go about your day. You'll be all right. But what does it look like for me to wrestle right there? God, I pray that you would help me in this moment. My heart doesn't want to read the word. My heart doesn't want to pray right now. God, give me the desire to just pray. God, give me the desire to press in right now. I really want to know you. That is a wartime prayer. Spiritual warfare operates beneath the surface, and, and it can be we can be oblivious to it if we're not intentional about paying attention to it. I think I like this one. When life circumstances get tough, relying on God's love and promises. So I'm like, a life situation just gets hard. Something happens in life that's just tough, right? I love that God never promises our life will be easy when we follow him. He just promises that we'll have peace if we press into him. And so I love that, right? But something, something hard happens and our tendency is to question God. God, why in the world would you allow this to happen? I mean, and Satan loves that, you know. Why, and God, why in the world would you allow this to happen? Instead of, what does it look like for me to be like, God, this is hard. This is tough. God, my heart wants to be bitter at you. My heart wants to be mad right now. God, God, give me clarity on this. God, I really want to sit on your promises. God, I know Romans 8.28 says all things will be worked out for my good. God, I just pray that that would be true. God, help me see that this is going to be worked out for my good. That is wartime prayer. Because what happens and how you handle that situation can be four or five more domino effects leading to negative, leading to more, leading to more sin. Or it can be a chance for us to experience God in a cool way and watch him show up in faith because we believe his promises. We believe his love. Um, lastly, I was thinking about a few examples. Uh, lastly, I think about not wanting to press into people who can help us grow, not wanting to press into our fellowship. I mean, the people around us, right? I know for me, if sin, if sin happens in my life and there's people in my life who, who do care about my growth in God, who do care about me, my fellowship, right? Community groups. If there's, if sin happens in my life, I don't just want to call them and tell them right away. There is all of me is like, don't tell nobody that because they have high expectations of you, put that away, tuck that away, and, 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 and you deal with it later. You know, God, 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 you know, God, I repent to you, and I'm sorry, I'm putting this away, right? But what does it look like for us? God says, confess your sins before God and man so that you may be healed. But I need to know the scriptures in order to know that God says that. But then also, also, what does it look like for us to pray? To pray and ask God, God, I am scared to tell my community group this. God, I pray that I would just tell them in boldness, and I pray that I really would experience healing in that. God, this is challenging. God, I, I, God, I need you. I need your help. That's wartime. It's wartime prayers. Not everything, things that are happening with us in our life 
Um, there, there is not coincidence. The things that I feel, you know, aren't if I don't want to press into God, it's not because I just don't want to press into God. It's, it's because my flesh and my sinful nature is at war with the spirit inside of me. Spiritual warfare is present and it's active in, in today's age. So Satan loves to see, lastly for this point, Satan loves to see us question God rather than trust. He loves to see it. He loves to see us oblivious to the war rather than to be alert. That's why I think Paul says in verse 18, he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Be alert. Satan loves to have us oblivious to what he's doing rather than to be alert. He loves to see us comfortable rather than taking risks for God, rather than it is comfortable for me to hide my sin and not tell people. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's uncomfortable for me to tell them, right? It's risky for me to tell them. I don't know what's going to happen if I do that. Some of those other examples that we're talking about earlier as well. Praying only for our conveniences, Satan loves to see that. And so what we know, though, what we know, though, is God does care about our whole life holistically, right? It's not wrong to pray for the things that the examples we were using earlier. And it's just, um, so it's not less than that. Um, And I don't want us to, I'm not trying to demonize those things, but I actively just have to check myself, right? I have to, I don't have to be intentional about praying for me, right? I'm going to pray for me, you know, it's like, I I will, it, 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 I don't have to think about praying for me. It's like my default. It's going to happen, you know, but I do have to be intentional about praying for what God wants, God's heart. I do have to be intentional about thinking about, okay, these are Here's the climate going on right now. We look at a messed up, broken world, and the underlying tone is Satan is there, you know, loves it. Satan is loving that. I have to be intentional about seeing things from that perspective, um, being alert and praying for all the saints. Pray on all occasions. Lastly, last point, just pray for the gospel to spread to all people. Pray for the gospel to spread to all people. Paul says in verse 19, he says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul is consumed with this gospel. I don't know. I I love thinking about where Paul came from, though. Paul, he grew up a Jew, Benjamite of Benjamites, right? All this is in Philippians 3. Paul brags on his, where he acknowledges like, hey, if anybody had, had it going on, if anybody had it going on from a world perspective, it was me. It was me. I, 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 I was leading leaders. People followed me. My word went, as I said it, you know, my word went. I was killing Christians. Paul was persecuting the church of God heavily, killing Christians, Paul is like, hey, and he was actually on his way to kill more Christians. I mean, multiple bands of Christians. It's not just like a couple like, and, and, and killing them, right? None of us in the room have been there. Paul is like, I am the worst of sinners. I'm the worst of sinners. Paul has an interaction with Jesus. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Okay, you're going to be my instrument. I'm going to send you to the world, right? You're going to represent me. Paul begins to see Jesus' love for him. Paul begins to see, oh, Jesus died on the cross 
for my sin. Paul begins to understand how much God really loved him personally in the midst of all the sin that he was doing. In the midst of, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul, the reason why Paul is so consumed with the gospel is because he sees that I was the worst of everybody. And, and Jesus died for me and said, I can have heaven, I can have a relationship with you. After I did all of this to you, you still love me? Like, what is that? How does that make sense? And that love didn't make sense to Paul, and it blew his mind. And you see how he is all over the place, just compelled by the gospel. And that's, I mean, I think about it, and I'm like, it, it, why wouldn't it do the same thing for me? I'm like, I grew up, and I was just, you know, I was living my life um, in sin. I wasn't prioritizing God. I wasn't thinking about God. And then you, you hear the gospel. Jesus dying on the cross for all of our sin, rising from the grave three days later, ascending into heaven. Him rising from the grave pretty much was him saying, hey, I'll run this, you know, because we didn't know if, if y'all know somebody who rose from the grave, please come let me know, you know, because he pretty much I, I run this going to heaven. I love you and I'm with you forever since his Holy Spirit. That is so crazy to sit and think about long enough, like you're can. Paul was consumed. Well, I mean, Paul was consumed with. I think about on a real, real small scale, right? I'm at me and me and my wife. Somebody blessed us with the gift card to CC's Broiler. You know, I praise God, right? We we sitting in CC's, and um, we we be sitting here. We we eating this this. I order a, a filet mignon, right? And you know, I I I've always grown up calling it the filet mignon, you know. And so that's uh, I love the filet mignon, and I'm sitting there eating it and um it, it comes to the table and i mean for the next 20 minutes right it's bacon wrap the next tw the next 20 minutes though i'm talking i'm talking to Haley. the only thing i can think about really is how good this steak is i'm and we're talking we're having convo you know I'm, I'm talking to her but i'm audibly probably the next my four or five times audibly i'm just goodness this is so good girl this steak is so good this I'm like, hey, you know, and then we're talking about something else, and I'm like, hey, this steak is fire, you know, and it's audibly, it's just pouring out of me. I can't even, I, I was so confused at how good it was. I just, and, I, I, and you do just talk about it, you know, it's like this, this, how good was that? It was so good. And I just, it blows my mind. I'm like, how am I, how am I not like that with, with the gospel? How does the gospel not just ooze out of me? If, if you really sit and think about how broken like each of us are and, and how much God loves and wants a relationship with all of us, the gospel would, would, would ooze. But, but, but why doesn't it, though? It's, it's, it's our flesh. And that's why Paul, I mean, I love that Paul says, pray for me also that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me. Why? Because naturally, that's not our bend. We're not naturally, because why? Our flesh doesn't want that. Satan doesn't want that. Sinful nature doesn't want that. Paul is like, pray for me that whenever I speak. Why? Because my natural inclination is not to just be so bold. My natural inclination is not to just be fearless with the gospel. My natural inclination is to shrink back a little bit. I mean, I feel that. And Paul is like, pray for me. Prayer is the power that makes that happen. And Paul knows that. Paul is connecting. Paul knew that prayer 
is connected directly to mission and sacrificial living. Paul knew that prayer is directly connected to mission and sacrificial living. I mean, he is pouring out his life for the church. He's in prison for his faith. Like Paul is, and he's in prison writing this, and he's saying, hey, whenever I open my mouth, pray for me that I may declare this fearlessly. So what does that look like? What does that look like for us? I think what that looks like is, I mean, we, we can honestly, we can pray that prayer for each other. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, and pray that I would love my coworkers well. I would love my family well. That the gospel would ooze out of me. Pray that I, I, God would give me the words to say. We can pray for each other in that. We can also pray for growth and health of Trinity. I feel like um, in, Paul is writing to, to the community um, in Ephesus. He's writing to the church. There's a lot of strength in the church, a lot of strength, so much strength in fellowship and people headed on a direction. We can pray for growth and health within Trinity. Pray for the missionaries and church planners, campus ministers that you know, anybody that you know that maybe they're overseas. Yeah, maybe on the campus. Um, Maybe they're church planting in a new city. Whatever the case, pray for them that whenever they open their mouth, words may be given them, that they fearlessly make known the gospel. We can pray for our city to be revived by the gospel. Holistically, pray for our city to be revived by the gospel. And we can pray for specific nations also uh, to be reached by the gospel as well. Pray for the gospel to spread to all people. I mean, if I think about anything that, that, that Satan would hate, it would, be, it would be people who are committed to prayer for that, because that's when the power comes down. And then people who are also committed to living and being a light for God. I mean, that would get... If we really committed, that would, that would be so crazy for Colombia. That would be so crazy for the world if, if, if we were people who were committed to, to prayer and committed to living as an ambassador of God, as an image bearer of God. Pray for the gospel to spread to all people. We're practicing the way of Jesus for the renewal of all things. I really do love that. Practicing the way of Jesus um, for the renewal of all things. I just, I wanted to, that's not like a transition. I just wanted to say that at some point up today, but, uh, um, and so, but, but John Stott says, this is what John Stott says. I loved, he has a quote. John Stott says, um, we are to pray at all times, both regularly and constantly with all prayer and supplication, with all perseverance because he's in, in quotes, he says, because we need like good soldiers to keep alert and neither to give up nor fall asleep, making supplication for all the saints. He goes on, he says, most Christians pray sometimes with some prayers and some degree of perseverance for some of God's people. But to replace some by all in each of these expressions would be to introduce a new dimension of prayer. 
That would be so cool to see God move if that was our heartbeat. Um, one of our prayer convictions we share at Friday night prayer is, is God is worth seeking. So I, we kind of also just have to acknowledge the fact that, that um, the idea is that no time in prayer is wasted. If I'm spending time in prayer and God doesn't answer how I think he's going to answer, there's no time in prayer that is wasted. Um, and so every moment in prayer is worth it because it's time that we get to spend in relationship with God. So we're kind of talking about earlier, but as I get to pray, I experience more of God's presence and he's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all my time. And so if God doesn't answer in the way that I think he's going to answer, if he doesn't ever a certain prayer, then in the times that I was praying, I got to be with God there. And that was amazing for me. Um, the most wonderful thing is God's presence himself. And not that we, not the things that we necessarily get from God, but the fact that we really do get God in himself. And so things to keep in mind as we're praying um, and as we're living on mission and living to be alert and praying for all the saints um, with this war um, in our mind. And so I'm going to pray for us um, to close this down.